What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony and Mike, and we are discussing the Batman. Finally, finally, we're a week late, but last week was rough for me. I was kind of sick, so couldn't do it. We're doing it now. Oh my God, that movie was so amazing. So amazing. But I know we have a lot of feelings about it. So we're going to start. And then we're going to start with you because you got to go see it first. And then you came into my office and you talked about it for like 20 minutes the night before, you know, the day before I was supposed to go see it or the day I was going to see it. Mm-hmm. And you said that this was like in your top five, like it booted one of your top five movies of all time. Okay. My, my, my top five movies before this movie. Matrix, Godfather, Seven, Science of the Lambs, and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. One of them had to go, and I kicked out Science of the Lambs. Now, okay. because Whoa. this movie is in freaking incredible. Like, it is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And um, I'll just tell you, like, I was talking about it in another office in, in, in my place of work. And so I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. Like, you're a Marvel person. So it must really be good. I said, first of all, <laughs> I'm a comic book person. Marvel, DC, it don't matter. It's either good or it's not. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to tell them, this is not just a good, great, great, best Batman movie ever. It is the best, one of the best movies I've seen. The way it's shot, the pacing, the acting the score, the makeup, everything was absolutely perfect. And, you know, our other podcast mate, Lori, was like, oh, you know, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is the perfect comic book. No. You are never going to let her live that down. Why why is it not? Why? I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just not. not Because he mentioned that in my office, too. He was like, Lord, is talking about League of Extraordinary. No, it has nothing. I was like, oh, here we go. This is as if I'm condensing that 20 minutes down. I told you, I think the the best thing I could say is it's as if Matt Reeves, the director, sat down and said, took out a notepad, Anthony, what would you like to see in the Batman movie? And he wrote everything down that I wanted to see in a Batman movie. Everything that was missing from previous Batman movies was in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was a detective. He was crime scene investigating. He was like CSI Batman. And then it was like Lethal Weapon with him and Gordon. <laughs> they were just being stupid funny. <laughs> and then it was Seven. And like it had Seven in it. And then it was like Jigsaw. It was like everything that you would want in a movie was in this movie i'll stop there i'm gonna say what you think because i can tell from your expression you're not as enthused as anthony okay so i'm gonna start like this in my experiences seeing people post on facebook about this movie on tiktok about this movie on this everywhere everywhere i've seen people talk about this movie there have been either either one of two camps they they're either like Anthony, they love it, is absolutely incredible, or they absolutely despise it and say it's the worst thing they've ever fucking seen. Really? I've seen at least five people who I know 
know comics and are well versed in Batman lore mm -hmm. and like comic stuff, they can't stand this movie. They fucking hate this movie. Wow. I'm in the middle. Okay. Okay. So you see, you see my my screen name today is Batman Part Seven because this is exactly what this movie was. And when I look at how people reacted to this movie, I understand because a lot of people are going to, and I blame, partly I blame Marvel, partly I blame Tim Burton, partly I blame a lot of other people who've made movies from comic book characters. Like they were probably expecting a comic book movie. Right. You know and it's like, like, it's like something bright, something like, you know, lots of villains jumping out with superpowers, beating the fuck out of people and the hero coming in, getting beaten up, then coming back and saving the day and all kinds of shit. Like they were looking for that. They didn't get it. And they were like, what the fuck is this shit? Why is it so dark? It's always so dark. It's like, this is the first DC movie they've seen. I'm like, really? You've never seen a DC movie? DC movies are dark by nature. They're darker than the deepest dark parts of Africa. Like there are parts of Cameroon that aren't this damn dark. They're dark. They're supposed to be dark. That's how they <laughs> exist. And I expect this. So my personal opinion is, I had to be totally honest. It's been two weeks. I still don't know how I feel about this movie. I literally have no idea. Every, I love certain things about it. Like the performances were out fucking standing. Mm -hmm. Like Colin Farrell blew me away. I, he, he was probably one of my favorite characters. Paul Dano dialed that creepiness up just right. Like his Riddler was just insane. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people weren't friends with Jeffrey Wright's Commissioner Gordon. I was. I thought I have never. I have not seen one complaint about Jeffrey Wright in this movie. Not one. I heard. A, I heard a couple, but I didn't pay attention because I, he was. I, I didn't. He was, he was I, very I, good. I, I've seen complaints, but they had ulterior motives in their complaints. Yes, they're, they're, exactly. There, but the same thing with with Zoe Kravitz. That's so, and Zoe was Zoe was fired under, too. There's an underlying. This is how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm just making it very music. clear because I know oh, where you're going with that. Zoe, Zoe was absolutely fired. Like she was really good as Catwoman. Like John Turturro was good in the limited part that John Turturro was in. I thoroughly enjoyed his part, the part he played in it. Um, I'm not a fan of Andy Serkis's Alfred. I thought he did okay, but. He had a lot to live up to with Michael Caine and all his other predecessors who were Alfred. I didn't think that he was really, I didn't, I didn't feel like he was up to snuff. But I love all the performances. I love the few action sequences. I'm taking off my do-rag to Robert Pattinson because dude killed that shit. He was fucking phenomenal. I was like, See, this is why everybody was like, oh, well, Twinkle Toes is going to be bad. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. It's not what we're going to do. We're going to wait to see. I'll watch the movie and see how he does. And he fucking nailed that shit. I can't wait to see him in the next five Batman movies. I honestly cannot fucking wait. He is awesome. But that being said, I still am not really sure about how to feel about this movie. I liked it. But it's just something about it that was in the, I was just like, like parts of the writing or something. I also felt that it was an hour too long. Like three hours is a bit much. I'm sorry. I, I had can look no me all problems with the length. I had problems with it. I usually don't have problems with the length. One of my top three movies of all time is fucking Endgame. And I can watch Endgame at the drop of a hat, all three and a half fucking hours of it without caring about it. 
this one seemed really fucking long to me. Mm, it didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't and feel I took Michelle, and Michelle almost divorced <laughs> me because it was so. As soon as she, she saw that it was three hours, she was like, "Oh fuck no!" Like I was like, "Oh goddamn, <laughs> I'm going to hear about this for next for the next week or two. But I just felt like, to me, in my humble opinion, I just felt like that whole busting of the levees could have been saved. I fuck that shit. Why are the levees in Gotham City, by the way? This is not New Orleans. This Gotham City is not New Orleans. Why are there fucking levees in fucking Gotham City? And <laughs> and why? And also, my other problem, my other big problem is I love the way Robert Pattinson played it. And I understand that this is his first, this is him in his first two years of being the Batman. And I get that. But when he took the carpet up and he saw the dots glowing and he recognized that as Gotham. Why did he go where the dots were and see the fucking trucks there and stop them? That's why Riddler said, "Oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were." And then every then he, all hell he, fucking breaks loose. First of all, I was just he, like, he wouldn't have been able to get to the bombs that quickly. I mean, it was happening he simultaneously. Got- he stopped one, but there's like twelve other ones. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I feel I just I just I just feel like I feel like they. I used to call like Superman and like little, I need some help, they, bro. <laughs> look, man. Look here. Look. I'm not even. I'm not saying I hate the movie. I'm saying I liked it. I I can appreciate that they did instead of doing the fun Batman, the the Batman with you know just like being wild and shit. They did the detective Batman, and this is a Batman that people, if they actually give it a chance, would actually really like because this is more like Seven, Mulholland Falls, and like L.A. Confidential. Like, you know, it's like one of those, the grittier, grittier mysteries where he has to actually use his brain instead of brawn, even though I love most of the fight, the fight choreography in this was pretty fucking dope too, but I'm, I'm just in the middle and I'm usually the one that's hyped over everything. That's why I'm like, I was kept trying to figure out what was wrong and I just couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I still have no idea how I feel about this movie. I'm like, you just need to go watch it again. Maybe. I'll watch it when it comes out on Max, but it's like it's like for now I'm just kind of like, man, okay, it was good. It just didn't throw me. Okay, well, I'm kind of more so on the side of Anthony with this one. Like I absolutely loved this movie, probably more than any other Batman movie I've seen. And like Anthony, it's it's up there in that I. <laughs> I think it's in that top 10. I don't know where in my top 10, but it's it's high up there. Like you said, it had everything, Anthony. The look, the characterization, the score, the it was just the acting was amazing. First and foremost, you guys know I have been a Robert Pattinson fan since he showed his face in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. That includes Twilight, because as a book reader for Twilight, if you read the Twilight books and you see how self-deprecating Stephanie Meyer wrote that character, he played that character perfectly in the Twilight films. Okay, that has nothing to do with his acting ability. He played what was on the page. So I loved him back then. If you've seen any of his films like in recent years, you will notice that he is very eclectic and he makes very um he makes choices that another actor would be scared to make 
you know, he, he really immerses, he immerses himself in the role. He like, does. He and yeah. he plays a very wide myriad of characters. And so when they announced him for Batman, I was one of the few people I was excited. I was like, yes, please let him kill this shit. So all these haters can shut the fuck up. Continuing to talk about a, a film he did when he was like 19 years old. Like, come on, people grow up, get some culture about yourself. Go look at some other stuff, you know? Um, so I loved what he did with this character. The chemistry with him and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman was great. Like you said, John Turturro, Jeffrey Wright, Colin fucking Farrell. Like if you had not Listen. told me that that was Colin Farrell, I would not have known it. And I don't think Anthony did not know that that was Colin Farrell until you said until the credits, right? No, it wasn't until like after I saw the teaser, we were trying to figure out because we saw when we watched the teaser, right. we saw that it said Colin Farrell. And I was like, where was he at? And so we watched <laughs> it over and over again, looking for Colin Farrell. It was like, it, it must be that guy in the makeup. It has to be. So, mm-hmm. but in, in anyone who tells you, anyone who tells you that they knew it was Colin Farrell, like you could tell it was Colin Farrell. You could hear it in his voice. Lies, 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 lies. lies. Mm-hmm. lies. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No doubt, lies. And, he did and a on, phenomenal job. And on the point of um, Robert Pattinson, if you watch Tenet and Lighthouse, that's like the thing you, you really don't need to know anything else about whether or not he has the ability to play Bruce Wayne and Batman. You're right. You're especially, right. especially Lighthouse. I'd say Lighthouse. He was really like he really expanded himself in my. I was like, I saw like. I think I only, only saw like a few minutes of it. And I was like, oh shit. Damn. Same with me. I haven't had a chance to like sit down and watch it yet, but my daughter watched it. And I've, you know, of course, walking past as she's watching it, I've seen a few scenes and I was just looking at him like, how can people say he can't act? Like people still say that, but these are the same people who only know him from Twilight. So it just, it floors me. Like, what was the other movie he did? Uh, Devil All the Time, I think was the name of it. It was the one with Tom Holland about the um, the Southern preacher and all this other stuff. I couldn't even finish watching that movie because as soon as he came on, like he came on as this young preacher and the first scene we see him in or one of the first scenes we see him in, he's in a car trying to seduce a young girl. And he was so good and so creepy in that scene. I couldn't finish watching the movie. I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now because he is embodying that character so well. I just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So yeah, and, and like back, back to like they were talking about Colin Farrell. Like I read, I I saw he did an interview where he said when he he walked around set in full like penguin get up nobody recognized him like so like a, i think a security guard even walked up and was like sir who are you and why are you here and they were like dude it's Colin Farrell. leave him alone it kind of reminded me of when eddie murphy told a story about the first coming to america when he was dressed up as randy watson like nobody know who the fuck he was like when he was just like singing and everybody was like who the fuck is that and then he did his laugh and everybody was like oh fuck Mm-hmm. So it's like that's kind of that's kind of the reaction I think people gave when they saw Colin. Yeah, I, um, and, I was talking to one of our loyal listeners, Nick, and he was saying what it is for him is like for actors, really good actors, being in makeup where people can't recognize them 
it's mm-hmm. so freeing for them as far as like their interpretation, right. their acting, and it just opens them up. And it's like you see all of Colin Farrell's talent because mm-hmm. he's unrecognizable. So it's it's you imagine under all that makeup is him, but it's freeing for him. You you get to see him without a preconceived notion of what you're expecting from him because of who he mm-hmm. is. Like you don't go into that movie thinking, oh, okay, let's see what version of Colin Farrell we're going to get today. Because you, you know, for most people, you don't realize that's him. And then to look at him on screen, even though I knew it was him, you watch him do this performance and you forget that it's him. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, he's the penguin. And he's a different version of the penguin than I've seen in other films, but he was just, amazing as this character they all were like who they need to whoever did the casting for this movie they need to win an award they knocked it out of the ballpark with this like the chemistry the even with the different scenes of different combinations of people on the screen you saw the chemistry when Catwoman was sitting there interacting with um Falcone, you know, knowing who he was to her, but him not knowing and still seeing that chemistry with them, it was like, oh, you could feel her hatred of this man. And you could feel his kind of his arrogance and his indifference to people. And just the way he was kind of manipulating the situations to be what he needed them to be. And just kind of like tweaking the stories just a little bit so that the characters that he was talking to would react in the ways that he wanted them to react. It was just so great to watch all of that. And to see again, these people, these characters and how they interact with each other. The fight scenes were great. Watch, okay, I'm going to say this before and I'll say it again. I will watch Zoe Kravitz just walk into a room because the way that she embodied that character. She was strutting that whole film. Like, I was just like, I'm not mad at it. Like, okay, all right, stretch your stuff, girl. And it's like she had a different walk for each facet of her personality. Like when she had on the different wigs, when she had on the boots, when she had on the Catwoman suit, when she was playing the vulnerable victim, when she was playing the, you know, the kick-ass person, she had a different walk for each of those. And it was very subtle. Like if you weren't paying attention, you would not know that that was the same person because she changed it up just enough. I mean, she she was a fucking chameleon in, in this movie and it was great. The chase scene with the Batmobile. Oh, that was, that, that was. That was one of the best car chase scenes I've seen on film ever. Bruh. It was really good. It was so good. It was so good. And then, you know, the the scenes where you see Batman working with the police. Well, I'm going to say working in quotations with the police, because, of course, they don't want him there. They're like, why do you have this vigilante here? We don't need him. And the other thing that I loved about this movie, Batman's walk, the way that they kind of defined him, like he had this very slow and steady gait 
But with the heavy boots, it was boom, boom, boom. It's like it's enough to let you know that this presence is coming. But the way that he just kind of appeared out of the shadows, it was one of those where it's kind of like, I don't know which direction this dude is coming from. But the way he's walking makes me know that I'm about to get my ass kicked. I need to leave. I don't know why that gang at the beginning of the movie did not get that. But one of the things Matt Reeves was trying to do, like with there were a lot of shots of him walking in his boots. It was to make you subconsciously be aware that this was grounded. Like this was a grounded movie. You're not going to see him leaping the tall buildings and using the ground. He was grounded in reality. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's what he was going for to remind you of that. And something Mike mentioned earlier about some of the naysayers uh, in that other camp that we're not going to talk about those. I am a Batman person. I'm well versed in the lore and the movies and the TV shows, all of it. Right. And I have enough confidence to say that this is the most comic book accurate Batman that we have seen on film period. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't understand yeah. like where a person who would be into the lore would not see that this is Hush, The Long Halloween, Batman Year One. How you cannot see that in this movie and you're like, oh, I don't like this because is this bleh. No, this is what it is. This is the Batman that Robert Pattinson, who is a comic book geek over Batman, who knows mm-hmm. his stuff about Batman, would not do an interpretation of Batman that would not be comic book accurate. Right. Because listening to him talk about how he and Matt Reeves were together, he was like, nah, I think Batman would, I think he would do it this way. And they'd be like, okay, go with that. Like, mm-hmm. it. I would like to talk to these people and hear what they would have to say because I know just as much as Batman stuff just about anybody that I know. And it's very difficult for me to see that someone who would know the long Halloween, Hush, Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns. They could not look at this and see that this is the Batman that we have wanted. You know, mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong with Christian Bale's Batman and Christopher Nolan's Batman. There wasn't really anything wrong with Tim Burton's Batman. Um, okay, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Uh, that, that, that's a discussion. For- okay, look. <laughs> I'm but, gonna I'm gonna stand up for Val the, Kilmer. Look, uh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stand up for and, Val oh, Kilmer. Okay, and, and, and speaking of Val Kilmer, I always hear people say he made a great Bruce Wayne, but not a really good Batman. And then some people are like, oh, he was a great Bruce Wayne or a great Batman, but not a really good Bruce Wayne. And now I'm hearing people say Robert Pattinson. They're like, oh, he was a great Batman, but he wasn't a, a good Bruce Wayne. This is year two of him. He's not. Right. billionaire Bruce Wayne yet. And people forget in Batman Begins, there's a brief moment in the beginning of that movie where Christian Bale had not become the billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. He was the same Bruce Wayne. He was actually almost damn near yeah, broke. Yeah, he was the same right. Bruce Wayne that we see in this movie. It's just that we got more of him as the billionaire Bruce Wayne. And a lot of mm-hmm. people forget that Bruce Wayne is who he is. Um, no, I'm sorry. Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the persona. That's the secret mm-hmm. identity. That's the facade. That's not real. I was about to mm-hmm. go in on the person again on Facebook about them not liking him as Bruce Wayne. 
and like Robert Pattinson, he he just he just took Bruce Wayne back to like nothing, and he was like this whiny rich kid, spoiled brat. And like, you have absolutely no clue about Bruce Wayne in his early years. He's a broken man who has not dealt with the grief and pain of losing his parents, and that's what you see in this movie. He's a mm-hmm. recluse. He doesn't want to be around people. He doesn't want to be in public. He really is only out to serve Batman's interest. Mm-hmm. So if if people can't get that, if people don't see that, then there isn't any version of this movie or what these three these guys are going to do for the next two movies that they're going to like because they don't get it. They don't understand what is really happening. I know that the movie is really dark, and if you look at my top movies, you will see that I kind of skew towards that between Seven, Silence of the Lambs, and The Matrix. And The Godfather, they're all dark movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what appeals to me. That's not going to appeal to everybody. Most people want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. I mean, that's, they want Adam West Batman. That's what they like because that's what they knew when they were kids. But they didn't read. That's the, that's, huh? I'm just saying. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> I could go on and oh on, but this God. is not my podcast. I'm not solo. But look, but listen, but, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm willing to defend Val Kilmer because I honestly felt that he did he did a decent job and what throughout whatever happened. See, Joel Schumacher killed that whole thing. It's like once they went from Tim Burton to Joel Schumacher, it's like all that shit went downhill. It's like I even liked, I love Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler. I would love to see what Tim Burton would have done with Jim Carrey as the Riddler because he has the innate silliness to be the Riddler. Like he has, he has the innate ability to do it. And I would love to see somebody who knew what the fuck they were doing have him play the Riddler. Because, I mean, I actually, like him and Paul Dano's Riddler are kind of like even for me. But it's like Paul Dano was just like that creepiness that he gave was just like yeah, I like I like this interpretation of the Riddler, but the comic book people that I do respect and like they don't really they like the movie a lot of the movie. The only thing they didn't like is this interpretation of the Riddler because it wasn't comic book accurate, and I understand that. But they they just wanted to go. It seemed like they just went with a different direction with that with that character which mm-hmm. i didn't mind it so much um i i actually like this interpretation i could see if you watch gotham the series i could see that yeah. edward enigma going this way as opposed to going the jim carrey riddler way so that's why it kind of yeah that guy in gotham was yeah that was a great riddler like i think he he's probably i mean his his riddler was outstanding yeah, it's just like Robin Robin Taylor's uh, Robin Taylor Johnson's um Penguin was good mm-hmm. even though he was slender like he was still a great fucking Riddler, I mean I mean Penguin mm-hmm. but it's like yeah I see what you're saying it's like and that that's a big complaint like they're complaining that he was breathing heavy all the damn time and that you couldn't see his face because he had that he had that mask on and I'm like are y'all don't are y'all paying attention you're paying attention to the wrong thing pay attention to how he's playing the character don't pay attention to whether you hear him fucking breathing all the damn time. It's like, pay attention to what he's doing, especially the monologue that he had when they caught him in Arkham. I was just like, and to see to see Robert Pattinson's face when he thought that he that the gig was up, that he that he knew that he was Batman, and then he was then he, when he found out he did, he was like, oh, right. Let me tell you, I sat there the whole while while he was doing that. Um, 
while he was doing that monologue, every time he kept saying Bruce Wayne, I was just looking at the screen like, and then when it was revealed that he did not know that that was Bruce Wayne, I was sitting in the movie theater like, oh my God, I don't know why. And then how Robert Pattinson, how he switched from like, oh shit, this motherfucker knows, he knows, he knows, to like, you don't know. Oh, then he started going off on him. Like, really? And and the, to see him do that, even that one moment where he switched was, mm-hmm. was I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can go on and on about this movie because... Yes, it's in, dude. It's in, I mean, that's what we're here for. But, you know, I, I don't want to disparage wow. all the comic book people out there who don't like the movie. I understand that you don't like it. I'm just saying as a movie person, it was a well done movie. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's like Dark City. Dark City is a great movie, but no one talks about it. No one really watches it because it's really, really freaking dark, you know. And um, I was talking to someone. I think it was Nick who also said that this was like as dark as Dark City. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dark the whole time. But that's the tone. Seven is dark the whole time, and not it's not everybody's cup of tea. But that movie is not, is but it's, it's like one of the greatest movies out there. Right. And so, of course, if this is not something that you as a movie person would find value and interest in, this is not a summer blockbuster. This is an art house film. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, they're not going in looking at it like that. They're going in expecting Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Returns and you know, Batman and Batman Forever, you're not going to get that in this movie. You're not even going to get Man of Steel or Justice League. You're not, even as dark as Zack Snyder is, you're not going to get that. You're going to get a movie that people who really appreciate movie making and acting and writing, they're, they're going to be, that's why the critics love it, because it's an all-around good film, not just a good mm-hmm. comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, people just, like I said, they're paying attention to the wrong thing. I mean, for what it is, it's an outs- it's a really good movie. And it's just like, I mean, I that, that's why I'm having such a hard time. It's just like, because I think part of my mind wants to still wants to classify it as a DC comic book movie. And I'm like, but it's, that's not really what it is. And I think it's that like, is it, the it, problem. It a, yeah, because it's be, like. Because, because it, has a, it has a character from the DC universe, but it's not. A DC is not really a comic book movie. It's based off comic books. It has it, it? Some of the stuff is from the comic books, but it's not a comic book movie. It's just it's just a it's more of a Philip Marlowe Maltese Falcon kind of like you know detect. It's a detective detective noir movie. Mm-hmm. It, that's exactly what it is. And it's like and everybody's expecting something else. And I'm like y'all looking at the wrong thing. Just go look at the movie you best for it and let it be a movie. And it's a great movie, but it's just like it's like part of my mind is still like it wasn't a Batman film. It's like, but it was a great. I mean, it was a good movie. It's just I'm still kind of yeah. kind of conflicted. And like, what, us, but I mean, I, one of the scenes that sort of for me epitomizes what is great about this movie is there's a scene where the Batman is walking around a crime scene, looking at different clues. And the camera people, the crime scene photographer, she looks and sees that he's like, she follows him and takes a picture of everything he looks at. And to me, that like epitomizes what Batman is 
in the comic books. It's the one thing that I always thought was missing from the Batman movies is the major aspect of him being the detective. It's the freaking the detective comics. You know, mm-hmm. it's the one thing that, you know, I <sighs> also one one of the parts, one of the parts that really set it apart for me and showed what stage that this Batman was in was when he escaped from the police precinct and he was on the roof and he got to the edge. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You could tell that he was still a little uneasy about heights. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't just like fearless. Then he like pulled his little squirrel, flying squirrel suit out and like inflated everything. And he was like, you could tell he was just like, okay, okay. That was and amazing. Jumps off. And, and <laughs> that was, I was dope thinking, shit. I was like, that's I fire. like that idea. But what I was thinking was, you know, he has gone parasailing or whatever they call it, paragliding, whatever they call it. He's done yeah. it. And he probably thought on paper, this was a good idea to do in the city. But when you actually do it, yeah. you, in the moment, he's like, no. <laughs> Especially with all the buildings, because as we see, he has a couple of near misses. And then when he lands, he like crash lands. Like he doesn't do it in a, you know, cool way or whatever. Like he crash lands like one of us would crash land. Like, oh, OK, you know what? That didn't go quite the way I expected. Yeah, he almost ran into those steel L support beams. I was like, ooh, that'll be roll credits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was walking like he was hurt, too. And that's another mm-hmm. thing I like. Like when he took off his his costume, and you could see all the scars on his body that that he has accumulated. Yeah. You know, and he's but, so young too; they have already gone through mm-hmm. that. But that's a that's a reason too why I liked uh, Ben Affleck's version of Batman because you you know with his version of Batman, you know, this was like what, 20 years mm-hmm. that he had been doing it. So you could also kind of see the weariness and everything. So it's like with those two versions, you see kind of the beginning and you see kind of the end of that whole Batman art. And I think that's, I don't know, the darkness of those two characters, the way that those two actors played that character. I think that's the reason why those two are my favorites as far as Batman you know yeah I love Keaton I love Christian Bale I don't even remember Val Kilmer's Batman very much and I don't think I watched the George Clooney versions at all because I was just like I don't know Clooney just I don't know it just it felt weird to me at the time so I just never got into it but I like those versions, but these two iterations of Batman have appealed to me the most, not only just because the actors are phenomenal actors, regardless of what other people, you know, how other people feel about them. These are some amazing actors, you know, Ben Affleck and Robert Pattinson, but also the interpretation that they brought to the character, this darkness, this, you know, you have someone who is in a city that is basically all bad. Like you, like it's almost like even when the sun is shining in Gotham, it's dark. It has that kind of undertone. And with these two versions of the character, you kind of feel the weariness of what it's like to fight crime in this city, you know? And it's kind of like, especially with this version, when Catwoman or when Selena is talking to, uh, Batman at the end she's like you know the city is never going to change and he keeps saying I have to believe it will she's like yeah no peace I'm I'm not doing this this city will suck you dry and I'm not here to be a part of it but you could you could feel that 
that's you know oh you could feel that from the character i know i'm laughing because then he's like where are you going and she's like i guess i'll go to bloodhaven bloodhaven isn't actually any better (laughs) (laughs) but she doesn't know that i mean if you've you've been in gotham your whole life it's kind of like you don't know the other thing that i really really liked about this talking about the characters and the chemistry i love the fact that you can kind of see the connection between selena and batman but she never like we never find out that you know we know that batman is bruce wayne but nobody else ever finds that out and i kind of love that mystery about it too because it's kind of like he's still there he's fighting for the people and she thinks that bruce wayne is one of these selfish people who don't care about the city and it was just interesting to see his reaction to her thinking that and you would think that at some point he would try to reveal himself to her which he does and she's like no I don't, I don't need to know who you are this this is what I know and this is all I need to know you know that the person who is in this suit is someone who cares about the city and I just thought that was so interesting that is the same person but she has two different she has two different viewpoints about these two different people that embody the same person and I love that no one ever found that out. You know, there was no big reveal. There was no, it was just very, it felt very organic to me, the interaction between their characters. I I don't know. I just, I, I, I love this I, movie. I also like the chemistry between Andy Serkis and Robert Pattinson. That, I did. I, I actually liked it. Not, it's not, it's hard because, you know, we really shouldn't be, I'm not talking about you, Mike, but we shouldn't like compare the Alfreds because they're all great actors. And Mm -hmm, it's it's really, Michael Caine is a phenomenal actor. And it's hard to separate that memory of him as um, Alfred and now have Andy Serkis, who's also a phenomenal actor, have an interpretation of this character. However, if you you watch Gotham, this is more like the Alfred in Gotham than mm-hmm. um, than Michael Caine's Alfred. See, and this this is this you know what I want to happen? I want this movie to make people revisit Gotham because that was a great, a great fucking show. show. It is a great show, and and it's like and this is the exact same. I mean, it, it has the exact same feel as the other one did. It's just like this, this is of- like Gotham, but literally 10 years later mm. like 10 15 years right. later this is this is where we would be because he's more like the alfred in the show than yeah um the alfred we've seen in the movies um, the alfred in the movies is more probably comic book accurate than this but they've they've been trying to reinterpret alfred because alfred has a interesting background that they keep trying to rake mm-hmm. on to make it fit you know but the thing with this one too is we don't even see much of Andy Serkis's Alfred mm-hmm. in this movie, but I feel like even with the little bit of screen time he got, he made a huge impact on me, you know? And again, I'm one of those people. It's like, I've like Andy Serkis has really only been on my radar, like within the last 10 years, but the more and more I see him, the more and more I just love him and love what he does with his characters. If I fail to mention that 
that the person I live with, whom I relate to by marriage, has been dying to watch the Planet of the Apes because he's mm-hmm. Caesar in Planet of the Apes and, movies. And right. he's freaking fucking amazing. And Matt Reeves directed those. So you're yeah. going to see a lot. Fucking amazing. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I didn't have a problem, you know. I didn't have a problem with his version of Alfred. It, it was interesting to see the dynamic between this Alfred and this Bruce Wayne, because again, this Bruce Wayne is so different. Like he's so, he's such an introvert, even more so than we've ever seen in any other iteration of this character. He's such an introvert. He's such a recluse. And it's like, he's trying to keep, everyone at arm's length, including Alfred. And so he says things in this film that are very hurtful. You know, Alfred is the one who's been there for him since his parents died, which I'm so glad we did not have to revisit that again. I'm so glad. Like we have done Martha and we have done them to death with their demise and the way that they were killed. And I love the story. And of I'm not a comic book person as far as Batman goes. I don't think I've ever read a Batman comic book, but the story that they told in this film was one I've never heard. I've never heard them spend Thomas and Martha Wayne in this way with him being part of the Waynes, she being part of the Arkhams, this, you know, these two dynasties merging the whole mental health break with her. I watching this film, I was like, Oh, this is a whole new take, and it was... it's almost like they tried to fill in the mm-hmm. gaps of some stuff, and it sort of goes along with this. We've talked about mm-hmm. grief on this show yes. many times, and what grief does mm-hmm. to a person who doesn't mm-hmm. deal with it, and knowing that he has a family history of mental health, and it's like, oh, that sort of makes sense. And then that scene between him and Alfred when Alfred was in the bed, and Alfred is like. He's breaking down. He's like, you know, I tried to be something for you. You needed a mm-hmm. father. You know, he gave him things that he could use to deal with his grief and pain, but they weren't constructive things to deal mm-hmm. with his grief and pain. You know, if, if anything, they were yeah. destructive. And and we see the and, result and, of that through the end the of this movie and, because and, and, the people yeah, who are layering on top of doing the best. You layer on top of the yeah. mental health. Yeah, you layer on top of the mental health issues and and you've got a person who's got some serious issues mm-hmm. and the Which, way that the he books, they talk about it yeah and the way he yeah. manifests that with the way he fights crime you know you would think that that would kind of deter the people that he's fighting against but we find out later on in the movie they actually use him as like their inspiration yeah you know especially when they attack the coliseum And he has one of them down and he's asking, who sent you? Who are you? And they answer with, I am vengeance, which is the same line he used when he beat this guy up at the beginning of the movie. And it's kind of like, that's when you see the light bulb go off in his head. Like, okay, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this right. I'm actually encouraging these people to do the things that they are doing because of the way that I'm doing things. Yeah, he thought inspiring fear would deter the criminals. But what he realized was he needed to inspire hope, mm-hmm. which that was the end of Batman Begins, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So, but 
yeah, that that whole background story about the Waynes and um, you know, his Martha. mother. Yeah, it, it, basically, Martha found out that her mother killed her father. It was like a murder suicide, right? Mm-hmm. Murder suicide. She loses it. She gets put into the asylum, and Thomas Wayne, basically, as he's running for mayor he covers it up he kind of hides all of this dark family history and then we find out also in this movie thomas wayne is not a saint you know he actually got himself into a a position where a reporter found out about his wife's background and was going to expose it he uses falcone to try to say okay you know what I need you to shut him up so that he doesn't reveal this information. And Falcone actually kills the guy. So now Thomas Wayne is tainted by this association because, yeah, you didn't tell him to kill him, but you did tell him to do something about it. And one thing about the kind of criminal element like Carmine Falcone is you can't tell them to do something and then expect them to just kind of hold back. Oh, okay. Well, I threatened him and he's still not listening. Okay. Well, I'm just going to leave him. No, that's the type of person who's going to go in, escalate it. You got to expect the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Like you can't expect them to be like, look, be quiet. Okay. No. Well, here, I'll give you some money to be quiet. Or he's just going to be like, shut up. No. Bang. Okay. Now you're quiet. Mm -hmm. And problem solved. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care because nobody's gonna expect is gonna connect him with him. They're gonna connect him to Thomas Wayne. So it's like he's like, give a fuck. Thomas Wayne, he and Thomas Wayne knows good and damn better than to fuck with Falcone. Like to be like Falcone killed me, like really. Well, you 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 would think that he would know better, but this is one thing that we learn because the other thing I feel like is with all of the Batman movies. When we hear about the Waynes and what happens to them, you know, they're just out on a, you know, a night on the town with their son and they get accosted by someone who's trying to rob him and he's killed trying to protect his wife and son. That's pretty much all they ever tell us about them in the films. We never hear about this other side of the characters or we never see this shade of gray or this darker version of the characters and I think that for me, that kind of made the story better because you're not looking at Bruce who is remembering this perfect version of his parents and that's all there is. He has to work through the fact that no, your pa- his parents weren't perfect and he had to find that out in such a, such a bad way, you know, and, and to try to grapple with that, like you said, Anthony, one, he hasn't really dealt with his grief, you know, and this is 20 years since. He's never dealt with his grief. And then you're forced to deal with it when you find out that your parents are not the people that you thought they were. And not only that, the one person who knew the truth kept it from you this whole time while kind of raising you to feel like your parents were these great people, these perfect people, which they were probably great parents to him. But as far as being just regular everyday people, they had their flaws and they explored that in this movie. And it was such an intriguing story for me because again, I've never been exposed to that side of his parents before. Be- being like a comic book person, I'm going to put on my comic book hat mm-hmm. 
but also as a writer, they've always tried to give context to his parents' murder. Okay. You know, at first it was like senseless violence. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, we had a movie where it was the Joker before he became the Joker that did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen different ways of trying to contextualize the significance of their murders. Here, just by, because in the comic book, she was Martha Kane, not Martha Arkham. Mm. So they, she was just named after Bob Kane, who's the co-creator okay. of Batman. And she was, um, and Mike not, might know this, but like in the comic book, she's actually related to the current Batwoman. Um, it's Catherine Kane or something. Anyway. Oh, okay. They, okay. Kane. Yeah. Cassie Kane. Yeah. So they have, they, in the comic book world, they have it that way. But what Matt Reeves and the writer Sear did was they said, you know what, let's, let's give this some significance. So she's still from a wealthy family. But let's make it the Arkham's. And then it would make sense. Arkham Asylum or the Arkham Mental Hospital is basically because of her mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And then it's reflected in Bruce. He's got mental health issues. So I'd like that they made this change because it, it helps not only contextualize both his parents. Like we, we see where Thomas Wayne ends up and then where because of Martha's situation and it all sort of makes sense in this Gotham in this world Mm -hmm. that's why I like it it's it's like there's so many different layers of what they did in the story that that you don't usually get in a comic book movie Mm -hmm. or you know a DC film or a Marvel movie you don't get layers like this we get in Logan which is a fantastic movie Mm -hmm. and we get in the Joker which is another fantastic movie you know, both of which comic book people can love it or hate it, you know, take it or leave it. But as a person who likes film and their writing, the way things are done, it, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Even the way that they kind of tied in the whole orphanage thing is like you have Thomas Wayne speaking to orphans in, you know, this place that they've donated, you know, to, to house these kids and to quote unquote, take care of these kids. And then what happens is Thomas Wayne is murdered and no one ever does what he intended to do. And it's, you know, you see that when the Riddler finally reveals a little bit about himself and, you know, his hatred for Bruce Wayne, because again, you have these two kids, both of them are orphans. One of them is in the place that the Waynes set aside for orphans that they're supposed to take care of them. And then the other one is actually a Wayne who becomes an orphan and he has everything that he ever needs. And it's like nobody, it's just, it was an interesting contrast that you put this villain and made him kind of like a mirror image to the hero but in such a different way, because you see this hero had everything that a kid could want, except for his parents. This other person, the villain, didn't have everything, but yet they both are kind of similar in the things that they do, except one of them is doing it because he's fighting the system and he's doing it in a horrible way. The other one is doing things to fight the crime that the system caused, but he's also not doing it in a, he, he could be doing it better. 
you know. And the, the irony, the irony of it is that the Riddler thought he was working with Batman in his mind. And he had issues with Bruce Wayne, not realizing that he was actually working with the person that he despised. Same thing with Selena Kyle. Same thing. Same thing with Selena. She talked about Bruce Wayne being this, you know, millionaire recluse who didn't care about anybody. And, you know, oh, he's just like them. But you're literally saying this to him, not knowing Mm -hmm. that this is him. You know, and it's the same thing with the Riddler. Yeah, right? it's, it's that duality of the characters. Like, yeah, this person wants to do good, but it's interesting that he uses the the masked persona to do the good in Gotham that he could be doing as Bruce Wayne. Because in this version of Bruce Wayne, we see, yeah, he's a billionaire. He's got a lot of money, but he's not he's not doing anything with it. He's not the philanthropist that we have all been told that he is in the other iterations of movies you know the woman who's running for mayor she she sees him at the funeral of the police commissioner and she was like not the police commissioner the current mayor who was murdered the first victim she's Mm -hmm. like you could be doing a lot more for gotham but you're not and it's just kind of like but he is doing a lot for Gotham, but just not in the ways that you guys can see. But we also see that there are consequences to that because he thinks that by pulling back and not doing anything, you know, he's kind of keeping himself quiet. He's keeping himself safe from discovery or whatever the case is. But also because he's not being the Bruce Wayne that we know him to be, you know, the person who has the money, the person who is paying attention or kind of sort of paying attention to his interests and seeing what's going on with Wayne Enterprises, like they took this charitable fund that your father had. And this is what was being used to finance all the crime in Gotham. And you had no clue because you were basically out of sight, out of mind. You didn't even know this fund existed until the Riddler brought it to your attention. Alfred Alfred earlier was like, we have a meeting with the accountants and he didn't want to meet with the accountants. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, this this is him learning that he does need to get his hands on the stuff that Wayne Enterprises is doing. That you have to be a little bit more responsible and accountable as Bruce Wayne as much as you are as the Batman. Like, you can't just put Bruce Wayne over here and be like, oh, he's a recluse. He doesn't come out. He doesn't deal with people. And that's supposed to be okay. Because now we see it's not. People are taking, people literally took a multi-million dollar fund and funneled out of it. It was a billion dollar fund. To, to, yeah, excuse me, yes. <laughs> like, and funneled out. That's a lot of right, money. Funneled it to finance the crime in the city. And you had no clue. You are out here fighting the same criminals that your money is financing and you don't know it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was... All of that, the way that they told this story in, in those ways, very interesting because that's not that's not what I'm used to as a Batman film goer. Because again, I'm not familiar with the comics in that sense. So I don't know if that was something that they explored in the comics, but to see it play out the way that it did and to see him come to that realization, especially towards the end of the movie, when he realizes, okay, I've got to start doing something different. 
I can't go out there on the streets and save the city with fear, save the city with vengeance. That's not working. That's making things worse. You know, he realizes he's going to have to do things a little bit differently in order to exact the change that he wants to see in Gotham. And it's, again, very interesting seeing him come to this realization. And I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with these films. Because do we know for sure that they are? I, I know that there's been rumors and I know there's they're like, OK, if they do a second the Batman movie, it's going to be blah, blah, blah. But I don't think I've seen anything definitively saying, yes, the Batman 2 has been greenlit. Well, he was he signed for three. Um, yeah. yeah. OK. He, uh, what's his name? Um, Robert Pattinson. OK. Is signed for three. OK, good. Because the other thing, too, is I know Selena Kyle is gone to Bloodhaven. I need her to come back because I need that. I need that dynamic. I mean, there's always good stuff to steal in Gotham. You know, she's going to be back eventually. Like, you know, yeah, she's going to she's going to be just it's just like the scene where they introduce themselves to each other, where she gets into the um safe and he says something and they end up fighting, end up, you know, doing the whole Batman and Catwoman, uh, pin her down, look in her eyes. Oh, foreplay. Both, pin <coughs> foreplay. <her> down. <laughs> exactly. The whole, whole foreplay fighting. I'm like, right. Well, that hasn't changed. But I mean, it's yeah, you know she's gonna be back. And I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the homie um the homie as the Joker. Um Keo. Yes. Like I got a little taste and I was like, okay, that might be I did not realize that was him. Until like, I think it was, he may have been at a premiere. He may have been at something and someone mentioned it. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? I didn't realize that was him. But I was like, okay, so he's in the Marvel universe and he's in the DC universe. Okay, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. So, um, but yeah, his- I was going to say, came without Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson together. They were absolutely hilarious. Like, he had the thumb. I will watch. Drive. It was like, thumb drive. Thumb drive. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Let me tell you, the Riddler's riddles and the way that Batman figured them out. And it's like, That whole thumb drive thing, when he did it, he said it with such a deadpan expression. And I think that's the thing I love about his version of the Batman, too, because it's like, y'all know me. I like people who are funny without trying to be funny. And his Batman is definitely not like he's not looking for an audience. He's not looking for humor. He's very different from um, Christian Bale's batman or uh michael keaton's batman like those are the bat you know like you said anthony this is well into batman they are the playboy billionaires they're like the you know the jokey joke people which i don't have a problem with that but i like the nuanced versions of like batfleck or battinson which is what they're calling robert pattinson's uh batman because they have that darkness about them but they still have a sense of humor, but it's not something that's overly done. They just kind of put it out there and it's just kind of like, you don't know if you're supposed to laugh at it or not because you realize they're trying to be funny, but they're not trying to be funny. So I I kind of like that. And them being together 
in this good cop, bad cop type environment, especially when they were in the cage and Gordon is talking in his face and the other police officers <laughs> think that he's kind of going out and he's like, okay, so, you know, what you're going to have to do is I got to get you out of here. You're going to have to go through here. And you're going to just the way that they interacted. And, you know, even when they did the fake thing and he punched, you know, he's like, punch me and he punches him and then when they meet up later he was like you could have pulled that punch and batman was like i did i was like oh okay but yeah i love that dynamic it was i i would sit and just watch a movie of them like they can do like shorts or they can do they can take these characters and put them in a tv show and it's like an episodic tv show where they're solving a yeah i would just watch the two of them solving crime. yes i would absolutely watch that absolutely again we're talking about the chemistry of these characters but i will say this when it comes to most of the batman movies when you've put these when you've put these characters together they've done very well with how they've cast these characters and how they interact even with keaton with uh danny devito being the penguin and um my mind just went blank my my mind really just went blank. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, just just watching how they put these these characters together. Oh, with um Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon in the other version. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just the way that they cast these characters with the people who are kind of sort of supposed to be antagonists for them, but not really because we know Batman is not going to be against commissioner gordon that that's like his ally that's been the one constant but to see them in this version where gordon is not even the commissioner in this one he's just he's just a cop trying to solve some crimes and trying to clean up gotham and he's using this vigilante because this this vigilante sees things that nobody else sees. Like you said, with the clue, when they were investigating that first murder, he saw the bloody print from the murder weapon over on the floor before anybody else saw it. And like you said, the camera, um, the, the, the photographer was like, oh, he just snap. Like he's seen the, look at that. Yeah. He's yeah. seen the things that they exactly. aren't seeing. And that's exactly <laughs> why Gordon has him come along and then it just so happens that the Riddler is leaving these clues with him probably because he knows that Gordon takes the Batman along with him to solve these crimes that they can't they can't seem to figure out but just the way that he figured out these things the whole thing with the thumb drive the thing with the the carpet and the carpet thing was so funny because it was just a random thing the cop that happens to be um, on guard there who can't stand Batman just happens to yeah you know the carpet thing and, what yeah my my it's cousin does car you know he lays yeah. carpets and it's that's what they oh okay let me let me see and when he pulled that back and I saw that I was like whoa like that Riddler you know you always have these villains within Batman's world that are really really intelligent but they're also people that tend to get overlooked and that that's part of the problem with most of these quote-unquote masterminds is because they're actually extremely intelligent people and people just don't pay them any attention there there was a meme going around where it said uh 
um, Batman was calling Dr. Freeze Mr. Freeze. He kept calling Mr. Freeze like, you know, I'm a doctor, right? He said, I know you're a doctor. I'm not going to call you doctor because then I have to call Poison Ivy. Dr. Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Scarecrow, Dr. Mm-hmm. Scarecrow. Yeah. He just went on and on. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know that's that's why that's why all the all the major villains went to a life of crime because they got to pay them student loans off. You know, right. like, that are hardcore. Let crime. me tell you. Yep. But um, that... the rat trap that that puzzle, like all the puzzles, were just it's like how are you figuring this out? And then the thing with the bat in the cage. Yeah. I was like, just well, like, that's not a rat. That's a bat. Like, mm, I, the riddles were amazing. Cause I'm, I'm literally sitting here watching, like trying to figure out, I got a couple of them. I move a little bit slower. I think a little bit slower than Batman does apparently, but it was they're interesting. Supposed, they're supposed to be like, not too difficult, mm-hmm. but not too easy. Right. Because the police couldn't figure him out. And then the whole thing with the ciphers. And I love the way that, you know, he's sitting there trying to figure out the cipher. And when he leaves, Alfred's looking like, oh, okay. And then next thing you know, you see him sitting there and Bruce is like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to figure out this cipher and blah, blah, blah. And Bruce is just looking at him like, what? That's my job. But Alfred's sitting there doing it like, like, dude, this man has been taking care of you his whole life. You think he don't know a, a, a thing or two? About some of the shit you have right. to deal with? Yeah. He, he taught you most of the shit you know anyway. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's the person who or raised This version, you. at least. Yeah, this version, at least. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I think I'm going to go see it again. I just haven't had a chance to because there's been so much going on. But it it's one of those. I feel like there's there's something I probably missed the first time because, you know, sometimes when you watch it the first time, you're just watching it to kind of take it all in. And then the second time or the third time you watch, it, you start to see the things that you missed the first time you watched it. Like me, I did not realize that there was like a small kind of sort of post post credit scene at the very mm-hmm. end. They flash the website. Ah, okay. Yeah. And if you go to the website, it'll eventually get you to another cipher. Ah, okay. Okay. So I'll need to go look at that because I just want, I just, <laughs> just want to see what it was. But, at, you know, this was a, th- like you said, Mike, this was a three hour long movie. Y'all know my bladder usually ain't shit. So I'm usually like getting up in the middle of the film. I was determined. I said, I'm not getting up for anything because Anthony literally told me if you get up to go pee, you're going to miss something. So I literally, I did not drink anything. I'm sitting there with my, my popcorn and my soda and I'm taking like one sip and I'm putting my cup down and I don't touch it again for 45 minutes. Sip. I, I was determined. So by the time of the the credits, when the first set of credits rolled and then it stopped and then the second set, I was like, okay, I can run to the restroom and then come back. Well, as I'm going back, literally everybody walked out of the theater. So I figured I missed it or that there wasn't anything there. And then somebody told me, you know, there's a post credits. I was like, damn it. But okay. <laughs> so at least I didn't miss anything like major major like no. the reveal of another character or something like mm-hmm. that or you know selena kyle deciding that she's coming back to Gotham or something like that but 
I really did enjoy this. But I can't wait. I can't wait till Lori gets to see it because I'm really interested to see what her take is on it. It's funny because I hung out with Casey last Sunday and she was telling me, she said, I want to go see the Batman. I said, and she was like, I have no point of reference. I almost stopped the car. I said, what do you mean you haven't? She was like, I've never seen a Batman movie. I was like, you know what? Get out of my car. Get out of my car. Uncle, you have no room to talk. You can't, you can't even do that. No, no. At all, the things that you haven't seen. You can't I know, I know. <laughs> I no, know. We're not, we're not going there. But we're not going to do this. I know. No. But I, I look, I, I, can, I can do it if I want to. <laughs> I just I just know how to take it when I when I have to take it you know when y'all get on me in the same way I just have to okay you know there, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen there's a lot of or I should say there's not a lot of time for me to try to see them so it's just I don't know how I'll get to some of them like there's I've been wanting to do like movie marathons for certain things and it just life and time. And we got new stuff to watch. We to watch old stuff, you know, like rewatching episodes of castle all day long. Hey, look, other stuff I just, I watch. just found it. That's what, that's, that's one of my top two. That's one of my top two favorite shows of all time. I'm going to sit down and watch every last rerun. I'm, you can, you can I, say anything I, you want I do, to about I do the same thing. I don't thing. care. And then y'all, y'all going to have, and see, you want me to bring it up. You want me to have me watching these weird Netflix, Netflix 42nd, like, like side. No, I'm just, we're not even, no, we're not doing this. No, no, no. Hell no, we ain't doing this. Look. Don't, don't be getting on me, man. Look. I'll, Do we even yeah, want to tell like people? Whatever, whatever. No, I'll watch, I'll watch what I want. I'll watch no. what I want. We will not, I was gonna we say, will not spread we... this nonsense any further. We're just going to say TikTok challenge. That's all I'm going to say. TikTok challenge. Just <laughs> go figure it out. I gotta say, I'm good. Go figure. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, my goodness. Do we need to talk um, about anything else? Because I think like we didn't get into a lot of the story because anybody who's listening, you went and watched the movie. <laughs> so you know what happened. Right. And I, I mean, we'll talk more. Shout about to the, it shout to the music in this in this point. Yeah, we'll talk about it yeah, more like when Lori. When yeah, Lori and and I think yeah because I do I really do want to hear it. It's weird doing a comic book a comic book movie without her here because she is like I think yeah. the biggest comic book nerd out of all of us, and especially mm-hmm. DC. Especially as heavy as she's in yeah. DC, I think she she can really put just a lot on things. Yeah. Um, like I said, shout shout out to the music in this in this movie. Um, Nirvana, something in the way, which is actually one of my favorite Nirvana songs. Like, but it really, but that song, the way that the the guitar kind of drones and drags, really embodies how Bruce Wayne is. Like he's everybody's like, oh, he's an emo Bruce Wayne. I'm like, of course he is. He lost his parents. He hasn't really dealt with that. He's a fucking crime fighter. He works at night and sleeps during the day. He's basically a fucking vampire. <laughs> He's basically a darker version of Edward. That's exactly what it is. he's a dark Edward. I mean, it's like, of course. Well, my question is, when has Bruce Wayne not been an emo person? Never. You're, the answer to your question is never. He's always been emo. And shout out to them playing Ave Maria throughout the whole movie, which was actually telling when when he finally reveals that he was singing in the chorus when and saw Bruce Wayne with his father. Like that whole thing tied together very nicely. I really enjoyed that. But I, I love the way they set that they set the mood with 
things here. It's like it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Michael Giacchino for yeah, composing and having to follow James Newton Howard and Danny Elfman and coming up with a score that's just absolutely brilliant. Like for real heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like Anthony. I I I don't think I found anything wrong with this movie. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was just you know, and I think my I think maybe kind of the difference is like you said, you kind of sort of went in thinking, okay, this is a DC movie. This is a comic book movie and maybe that is is why you're having a hard time deciding how you feel about it because I probably would have gone in the same way, but literally because Anthony walked into my office and when I asked him about it, his his words were, it's probably the most perfect version of a film noir. And I was like, oh, that like completely changed how I thought about it going in. And then of course, when I sat down and you watch it when it starts, it starts out, even though it's not in black and white, it looks like a black and white film and you have the voiceover and it felt like, it felt like Sin City to me. It felt like, um, my mind just went blank again. I don't know what's wrong, but it, I mean, it felt like those old classic detective films. And when I saw it, I just, I literally sat back. I, I kicked my feet up. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good mm-hmm. because it was totally not what I what I was expecting. And to get it from jump in that sense, that kind of informed the way that I watched it for the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, sh- Shout out to that hallway scene that they had where Batman, where all you saw was see this shows because didn't Matt, but didn't Matt Reeves direct the um, or they had the same Corey, same cinematographer as Rogue One when um when the Vader scene yeah. and it's like the way he went right. through and all you saw were muzzle flashes mm-hmm. like him beating everybody then him walking towards the guy and he's like rattling him he's like trying to riddle him with machine gun bullets and he's steadily walking towards him and I'm like how are you not supposed to be fucking intimidated and scared fucking shitless when this shit happened that was yeah. the scene in the trailer when we first got a taste of what this movie was going to be like yeah. that was the scene in the trailer that i think got me the most excited it was the yeah. same because i the was same like photographer as rogue one yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's like you you kind of see it there it's like you see him like throwing one guy over here muzzle flash throwing one guy over here the one guy just like really him, him just stalking him and that what if i'm not mistaken there when he walked you could actually hear a slight jingling it almost sounded like spurs like when he when he like walked like with his footfalls mm. or maybe i just put it in there because i felt like he was like that kind of like you know, like he was kind of giving off gunslinger vibes there mm. i could have swore like when he walked i could hear like slight a slight jingling but i don't recall that but i, I mean it could have been um also shout shout out to his his breastplate being functional like him tim taking the batarangs out of his sim like that shit was that was fire. so cool that was fire <laughs> One complaint I did have, that scene at the beginning where the gang is following the Asian man outside of the train and he comes to the guy's rescue and he, you know, he sits there, he beats up the gang. One of the guys, you know, the one who kind of didn't really want to be there, you know, he kind of took off. He turns and looks at the man that he just saved and offers him his hand to help him up. And he looks at him like, 
don't hurt me. I was like, he literally just saved you from getting your ass whooped from a whole gang. And your response to him is don't hurt me. That's the one thing I think I I really do hate about all comic book movies. The the whole problem that he has, the whole point of him realizing the end that people were afraid of him because it ends with the woman that he helped. He put on the stretcher and she didn't want to let go of him. That's mm-hmm. the complete opposite mm-hmm. of what he right. started. Because he's, he's a dark vigilante. He just, he, he just finished brutally beating a whole gang of people. And you're looking, you're watching him like, what the fuck? And then he comes towards you. It's like, you're still basically in shock. And he's like coming towards you and has his hand out to you. You're like, yeah, yo, chill. I know, but it's kind of, that's the one thing you always see in superhero movies that always bothers me. Like these people are putting their lives on the line to save you or to save someone you love. And then when they, at the end, you don't even tell them, thank you. You like snatching your child from them. Like they're about to hurt your child. Like uh, in um, which Avengers movie it was Uh, age of Ultron. When the little boy who, you know, Quicksilver got killed trying to protect when um, when Clint brings him back to his mother, she just grabs him and she's holding on to him, doesn't say thank you. Look, lady, we just lost somebody trying to save your son because you didn't keep up with him when y'all were trying to uh, evacuate. I got two two words. Spider-Man. Don't even get me started. Uh. Don't even get me started. But, you know yeah that's just a pet peeve of mine so when when they did that and they did it so early on in the movie i just looked at him like really he literally just saved your yeah, life but like i said it was supposed to be a juxtaposition of what happens at the end when she didn't want to I let know. Go after he saved her so. i know <laughs> i know still an overused trope yeah but it had a I'm purpose it had a purpose so do a lot of the tropes we see, but no, they still no, they're still no, overused. Not, no, not all the tropes have no. <laughs> they just a lot of the people just throw them in the movies because it's a trope. No, no, I'm not gonna let you have that one. Look, it's kind of like <laughs> a checklist. Yeah, I'm not gonna let you have that one. Okay, I'll relent. Okay, <laughs> whatever. So, um, y'all have anything else to say about this? I know we're probably going to do a part two. Like I said, once Lori has a chance to see it, we'll we'll talk about it again, probably in more detail, because I think all of us probably will have seen it a second or third time back then, especially since it's going to be released to HBO Max on April 19th. So that's just a little bit, a little bit more than a month away. So I know we'll probably have a chance to rewatch it. I will have a chance to actually take notes because I don't take a notebook with me to the movie theater. But um, I wouldn't mind doing like a lit, like a maybe top four, top five of like the Batman and the villains that we see, like just to just to rank like where these are in comparison to the other movies. I wouldn't mind. Would mind seeing what we thought about that, especially like what Lori would think, because she would have a little more, like like a, maybe a little better insight than I would. But I wouldn't mind seeing, like thinking about that while while we're waiting on it to come up. Okay. I'm just a sucker for list. I don't know what my problem is. Like I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for like top fives, like thinking about it and getting them completely wrong. Just like, see, yeah, and stupid R&B 1990s brackets. Look here, man. No, no, we're gonna have it out. You and me, sir. 
we're, we're gonna have it out one day once we once we get our get geeks and sticks back up we're gonna we're gonna have it have this out i, I bookmark that we're gonna have it out we're gonna oh talk. my goodness oh we're gonna my talk. Goodness. I, th- I think we all need to discuss that bracket because uh yeah. first off yeah. the bracket was flawed but i mean the whole thing is like you you disparaging boys to men is will not fly in this house sir i, I did I not disparage boys to men at disparage all I did not by saying the 90s version of new edition was and then you try to cheat them, but we're not getting we're not talking about that we are not we are not we're gonna have this discussion we're gonna have this discussion we will have that discussion at a later date, but for now, our discussion of the Batman, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.